Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Ready to go? FT Live. Returning guest. Aaron Boone with us right now. Manager of the New York Yankees. Booney, how you doing, man? How's the offseason going? I'm doing well. Uh... Good, good. A little, little chilly up here in the Northeast right now, but um, but all good. Getting excited for uh, for the grind to start here not too long. How do you think the offseason's going from a transactions perspective? I mean, obviously, I know there's other people making the final call there, but you're following it. You're in on conversations. Do you have a grade or <laughs> thoughts on, you know, if you guys feel like you've accomplished what you've wanted? Yeah, I'm really excited about um, everything that we've added, you know, you know, obviously, you know, the, the big one and bringing, bringing Juan Soto in, um, um, you know, bringing Verdugo in, obviously just adding Stroman. Uh, I know we're still kicking the tires and, and seeing where we can, we can improve a little bit more, but I'm excited about, um, you know, the, the depth that we're building. Um, and, and I think hopefully, in a year where, you know, we struggled a little bit offensively last year, a lot with guys being out of, out of the lineup. Um, hopefully we've created more balance and, and, uh, and, and, and I feel like some guys are, are in the midst of having really strong winners to put themselves in position to go out and do it, do what they're capable of doing. Good stuff. You brought up Soto. Uh, I want to talk lineups, man. I want to get right into it a little bit. You know, Soto's good on base percentage machine. Judge usually a two hitter. Uh, have you ever have you thought about it yet? Where you might put those two because one hits better in one spot, one hits better in the other. Have you thought about lineups yet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think about it all the time. Um, yeah, right now, um, you know, you probably Juan Juan in the two hole and and Judgey third. But we'll just see. We'll see how the leadoff spot shakes out. You know, I really feel excited about the way DJ finished the season last year and the winner that he's had, he's in Tampa already getting rolling. So I'm, I'm hopeful that he gets back to being, uh, you know, the player he was in the second half where he's getting on base a ton and, and can solve that leadoff spot for us and then roll everyone from there. But obviously bringing Verdugo over is, is a huge deal. He could hit in that spot. You could move Glaber up there if you wanted to. So I do feel like we have a lot of really good options We'll just see how everything shakes out with, with, you know, spring. And then obviously once you get into the season, um, you know, depending on, on guys being nicked up or injuries you face, performance, all those things, uh, you know, can, can play a big role in that. How do you evaluate that? How do you evaluate that as a manager who's had tons of success? You brought in elite players now. How do you evaluate that in spring training? You're like, oh, well, you know, see how it's going. Verdugo could be in there. Because you're talking about guys getting on base and then guys driving them in. How are you evaluating that? It's not, it's not like you're going out of minor league camp and being like, wow, that guy's got a lot of power. Well, duh. You can watch right. Stanton's BP and be like, yeah, he's got a lot of juice. Yeah, Verdugo looks kind of weird with his beard shaved. Like, these are things that you can see. 
How are you evaluating it as a manager? Well, I think I think first and foremost, you start with the kind of pillars. Like, you know, I, I see Aaron and and uh, and Soto hitting back to back. Whether one one's two, the other's three, the other's three, the other's two. I'm not quite sure yet how it shakes out. It may depend on who actually is hitting in that leadoff spot, who is hitting in the four hole and, and beyond. So I think the one of the exciting things about the potential of our lineup this year, I think, is the balance. We're going to have, you know, upwards of four or five lefties in the lineup. So you can really kind of alternate things. And and that's not even talking about when when uh, – when Jason Dominguez, you know, hopefully gets back for us at some point in, in the summer. So um, I'm excited about the balance that we have. And then, you know, it's just seeing like, you know, I think big G's had a great winter. Like how's big G doing? Where, where's he at coming into spring and into the regular season? Like, like I talked about with DJ, you know, do you have a situation where versus a left-handed starter versus a right-handed starter, you have a different leadoff hitter, you know, we'll see, we'll see how that, kind of shakes out and how it becomes fluid but you know i think you start with the idea that uh you know hopefully judd and soto are hitting back to back uh, over 150 times this year <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't that be nice to have dominguez maybe a leadoff hitter once he comes back healthy i mean there's a lot of options you can go with all these guys volpe him um my next question would be with carlos rodon i think he's the guy that needs to get going this year he's a guy that's gonna you know pretty much kickstart that you know whatever he's a three four or five pitcher i don't know but if he gets going i feel this yankee team will be as dominant as they always have been uh what have you heard about him how's he doing and how do you think he's going to come up this year with uh with hopefully a big year yeah i mean look he, he certainly had his struggles last year and, and a lot of it was due to just starting with injuries and he had he had an injury that started him and he had a setback when he was coming back so he was just playing catch up all year and couldn't really get in that good groove or that good rhythm you know the the one thing the biggest thing that I probably told him going into the offseason is it didn't go away you know the good thing for you is you are super talented and um and you know, it's just about being healthy for him. And, and again, you know, I talk about guys having good winners. I really feel like Carlos is one of those guys that's had an outstanding winner. He's in, he's in great shape. He's throwing the ball. Well, um, you know, just delivery wise, he looks good already. He's in Tampa. He's been in Tampa for the last two weeks already. So kind of trying to just get a leg up and make sure he's in the best position to go out there and be successful. And the biggest thing I want him to focus on is, is going to the post, and you know whether that means 170, 180, and upwards innings, whatever that is. Like focus on going out there and being able to post and doing what you need to do from a physical standpoint to be able to post. And I truly believe if that's the case, if he's handling that, he'll the results will follow over time because you know his stuff is is simply too good and he's too talented. As long as he's taking care of all the other things that allow him to go out there every fifth or sixth day. I don't want to give you my opinion, so I'm going yes. to let you rank it first. I need mm -hmm. a 1 to 10 on Cashman's rant that he had earlier this <laughs> offseason. <laughs> Which one? one pretty up and good. Right? I'm kidding. We're talking to GM. <laughs> right? Whichever yeah. one you want to, whichever one you want to go after the whole, just Cashman's offseason minus Sans trades and 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 yeah. signings. 
you know what? I, I, I pulled out my bag of popcorn and, and, uh, and just kicked my feet up and, and enjoyed him getting after it a little bit. He was, uh, he definitely let it eat there a little bit and, uh, you know, created some noise. Look, we understand, obviously we, we are, we're coming off a year that's just not acceptable, um, by our terms and, and our standards. And, and, uh, you know, we can talk all we want all winter about things we're going to do or why this happened or why that didn't happen. The bottom line is we got to go out and handle our business on the field. And I do feel like we're putting ourselves in position to do that. But, but again, we got to go out and prove it now. And I'm excited to, to have that opportunity. I was going to give him a 10 because a 10, <laughs> a, it was 10. a 10 yeah. because yeah. the fact that if you come out and do it, then it looks like you're sitting there trying to like, well, I got to protect my players. I got to save my job, all this stuff. He comes out and does it. And it's like, oh yeah, you know what? This is what we do. And you know yeah. what? He's built up enough cachet in my mind to say all the stuff that he says. And at the end of the day, he wasn't lying. All the stuff no. he said, he wasn't lying. And to me, that's all you need is honesty, right? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times you get, you know, I feel like he probably got criticized a little bit for going that way. But, you know, you also get criticized sometimes for being too generic and just, you know, saying what, you know, want to be. So it's like you can't really win when you're coming off a season that we just had. So, look, talk is cheap in the end. I enjoyed it. I think it exercised some demons for him. And um, the bottom line is we got to go out and, and, and do it on the field. And that's that's what we're focused on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let me ask you this. This is a question for you. I know winning is probably top priority for you, but what is uh, the best part of the job for you besides winning? And what would you say is the worst part of your job? I know there's a lot that goes into this. Uh, people talk to Eric and I like, oh, why don't you guys try to go coach? And I said, hell no, I'm not trying to get in that business right now. It's tough. There's got to be good and bad about everything. So what, what would be the best part about the job and what's the worst, if you could think of one? Aside from winning, I would say the competition, the seven o'clock. Like, you know, you prepare, you get ready to go. And even though you're not playing anymore, you know, you're obviously totally invested. And, um, you know, for me, I'm I'm on my feet the entire game and, and locked in and um, that that competition at the highest level in the world, you know, you, you guys obviously know what it is to play, play on the, in the highest league in the land. And, you know, with, with a lot on the line. And I think that's what you kind of live for and, and love. Um, you know, I, I love, you know, no matter what goes on in the season, good, bad, and different, you know, I, I think one of the things that I take pride in is, is, hearing people talk about our players that we come in contact with. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, whether it's you roll into a town and, and it's hotel staff opposing visiting team staff, um, 
airplanes, you know, flight attendants, pilots, those kind of things, all the people that we come in contact with, um, anytime you hear them, which I hear a lot, frankly, um, about how our players conduct themselves and treat people, um, that matters big time to me. Um, and it's something that, that I've always been proud of with this group year in and year out. But, but the competition is awesome. As far as the crappy part, um, you know, I think the things that aren't baseball related that, you know, come across your desk that, that are, that are hard to deal with. And how do you deal with them? You, you, you know, you don't prepare for, um, a, a pandemic, you know, like, you know, what's, how do you respond to that? What do you do? How do you lead through something like that? Um, you know, social issues that pop up sometimes, you know, what's, how do you navigate those kind of things? Things that come up with players that have nothing to do with baseball, you know, that maybe a, a personal issue they're dealing with that can leak in and become an issue. Um, you know, those are the things that are, are hard to prepare for sometimes. And, and you know, as, as one of the leaders, you gotta you got to be able to, to handle those things and try and try and grow your group from from all the things that you don't account for that maybe have nothing to do with baseball. I, I thought one of your answers were going to be analytics, but I want to get into that part a little. <laughs> I do want to get into that part a little bit. One, are you an yeah. analytical guy? And then you heard from Judge and a couple other guys that like, man, we're maybe a little too analytical right here. The paperwork, all that stuff, trying to figure out oh, these percentages, that percentage. Is it a little too much in your opinion too as well? Well, I mean, I think, I think the secret sauce in this job is, um, is, is striking that balance. And, you know, there's a lot of players that, that can handle a lot of different things and, and, you know, information has, has allowed them to become and reach their potential as players and, and can kind of eat it up and use it. Um, there's other players that you kind of try and get out of their way and, and, and it can be, and it can hold them back and bog them down. The secret sauce is in striking that balance. Um, you know, there's so much good information, and the bottom line is if you're not on the cutting edge of a lot of it, you, you, you fall behind in this game. But it is being able to strike that balance and understanding, you know, who can absorb uh, the most information and, and again, who, who, who do you get the heck out of the way of? So where does Marcus Stroman fall on that spectrum of the level <laughs> – a, he's gonna he's gonna bring more swag than the Yanks have had in in a minute. A little more dancing, a little more, you know. He's gonna have to wear like a super high turtleneck and sleeves for the team picture because there's no tattoos in the Yankees <laughs> team pictures. How do you how do you assimilate a guy like that into your system? Because I know the guy personally, and I know he wants to win. So that's probably the reason he's coming to New York. Yeah, look, I the one thing I had the chance to to spend a little bit of time with him before we signed. I, I spent some time with him over at his house in Tampa and, and got to know him a little bit and talk to him and try to get out in front of some things that, uh, you know, not every organization has to deal with. The bottom line is I'm excited to have him because like you said, he, this guy is an elite competitor that my sense in talking to him that this is the place that he wants to be. And I know I'm, I'm very confident that he's going to make us a lot better. I think he's going to thrive in, in this situation with the pinstripes on. I know he's looking forward to it. Um, 
And and I told him, you know, every now and then I'm going to have to get on you probably if you if I got to make you shave or, you know, do something that, you know, cutting into things a little bit is going to annoy you from time to time. But uh, we'll, we'll handle it the best we can as it comes up. What, but I'm excited what was, to have what was his response it. to that? Oh, yeah. All good. All good. I said, <laughs> you know, the biggest thing you'll be upset about me is if I have to come get the ball from you when you at some point or if I got to come up and make you shave on a day, you're getting a little, little extra chin music going on there, but um, I'm not too worried about it. I think he's going to fit in really well with our group and, and the guy can really pitch and is an elite competitor. And I can't wait to see him uh, do his thing in Yankee stadium. Yeah, me too. I, I think, you know, I played with him and with the Mets, he loved it there. And he's, that's his backyard pretty much. I yes. want to skip, I want to skip over to the outfield a little bit. You just picked up Verdugo. You'll have yep. Soto, you'll have Judge, Stanton, and then Dominguez when he comes back. How's that outfield carousel going to play out? And if everybody's healthy, how much, how, many, how much time does Judge get in center field? Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on playing Judge in center a lot. He's preparing for it now. Um, you know, the one thing is when I play him in center, I tend to use the DH with him a little bit more often. So, you know, if, if he's playing most days in center field, you know, especially with Trent Grisham on the roster yep. now, who's an elite. Yep elite defender out there and, and, and more of that balance, you know, he'll, he'll obviously get some reps out there. I can, I can use the DH there for, for judge sometimes. Um, I've even talked to judgey about playing a little bit of left field on, on, on a certain day when I want to get Grisham and him in the outfield, which he's, which he's open to. Um, uh, I'll probably have Verdugo in left field and, and Juan and right. And then, I really feel like uh, Giancarlo would be able to give us an occasional look in the outfield as well. He's preparing for that. Um, so <clears throat> I love our depth. Um, I do feel like we're in a better position to absorb a, a, an injury that may come up or, or whatever. So hopefully that's the case. Um, and then, and then obviously we get Jason Dominguez in the mix uh, at some point in the summer. Oswaldo Cabrera is another guy that's, you know, gained a lot of outfield experience. So I do feel like we have a lot of depth right now uh, that hopefully serves us well over the over the course of the 162. Talking about talking about Judgey in center field, you say a lot. Are we talking like 120? Are we talking 160 if he's healthy? Because Locaine, when when you know was talked about that Judgey's going to be the center fielder, Locaine was talking about how there is way more running, not not to Discount the fact that Judge is an elite gold glove right fielder, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more running in center field. And for that big a body, are you concerned? And do you go into it with a, okay, we'll take him out in the seventh and move him to right? Or are we going to only play 120 out there for Judgey? Um, I'm not concerned about it. And, and you know, I, I mean, Judgey had probably his most healthy season in, in 2022 when he was out there in center field, you know, some, most of the injuries he's gotten have been in right field. So I know <laughs> yeah. he's not worried about it all. I'm not. The one thing is with the little bit more running that you have, um, um, you know, it, it makes me more inclined to use the DH with him probably a little more periodically. So whether that's once a week, whether that's twice a week, depending on, again, it depends on how healthy we are at different points of the season. Um, but, you know, I, I'm comfortable with them being out there. You know, I, it's, you know, I'm not putting them a running back, you know, I'm just moving them over to the center of the diamond. But the one thing is it makes me a little more inclined to 
use the DH with him to, to pick those days where I can, you know, get him off his feet uh, because he is running around the outfield. You can hear that you're thinking about this lineup a lot. I like that. But yeah, you do yeah. have a running back, and your running back is – I don't know his timetable. I want to know when Dominguez is going to be healthy. What, what, what's the latest that you've heard? And not that I'm just asking the same question again. Does he slot into center field when he yeah. comes back? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, look, uh, it'll be sometime in the summer. Um, the rehab is going, I think, as as well as you could hope how it's supposed to go he's doing great he's been in he's down in tampa now too and um so we'll just see you know won't be some obviously we won't rush him or anything it's going to be when he's fully ready to come back and and play defense um he'll be back and and hopefully contribute and and you see you got to see what you know, who knows what we look like in June or July and, mm -hmm. and what our roster, if, if we have an injury here. So all we know is we think he's got a really, really bright future. Obviously had a great debut for us last year in the week uh, when he did get called up and we're excited about his future, but uh, first and foremost, got to get him healthy. And, and I will say he's, he's on the track of doing that and hopefully join us sometime in the summer. Did you see enough of Dominguez? Or I mean, people are wondering, you expect him in AAA, or did, did you see enough of him to be a big big leaguer all the way through? Yeah, again, I mean, just because we have so much depth now, you know, where are you in June, you know, with that yeah. depth? You know, how's that shaking out? Um, I, I am totally confident that he's going to be a really, really good player in this league for a long time. Um, when that time you know, he, he kick-started last year when he got called up in September there and had quite a debut for a week. Um, I think it's a little peak of, of you know, the kind of career he might have. Um, but we'll just see. We'll see where we're at when, when he is ready to come back and what our needs are at that point. Uh, another thing, Hal came and talked to you about bunting more. Uh, I think that's impressive. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's <laughs> a smile. On. Listen, I'm all for Listen, I'm all for it with the right people at the right time. I don't expect judge to, you know, run around first and second. He's going to lay down and bunt to get the guys over. But yeah. Um, have you talked no, more it, into it, that? What, what Hal said was that I, I had talked about more bunting, which, okay. which is the, the biggest thing I, so it is a little bit out of context, but the biggest thing is, you know, especially now um, with the extra inning rules, like, you know, there's, there's a lot more situations that come up like, you know, if you're the home team and and let's say you you held that opponent from scoring uh, in the 10th inning and now you got that man on second. Like to me, that opens up a lot more players that I would be inclined to be able to bunt, to, to bunt in that situation, especially if they're capable of it, which I think, you know, we should be able to do, you know, whether it's come through the minor leagues or you know, hopefully you have that as part of your skill set. So I don't, I don't anticipate us bunning anymore. Um, hopefully we have a handful of guys that it's, it's in the tool belt, you know, that if, you know, leading off an inning or you need a base runner, you know, to, to be able to have that, I think serves players well. And I think opens a lot of things up, but uh, I, I don't, I don't see us doing a whole lot of, uh, of bunning. I just want it to be <laughs> in our tool belt when we need it. Good. There's some happy Yankee players right now that are probably yeah. catching this live or going to catch it afterward and be like, I'm a masher, so I'm going to go up yeah. there and freaking mash for booty. That's what this lineup looks like.
I want to ask you about uh, now your former bench coach, tear but happy tears, bittersweet. Carlos yeah. Mendoza was on with us, I think the day after it was announced officially, and he personally thanked you, obviously for many things, but also for giving him more of an opportunity to manage in games than most would based <laughs> on some ejections here and there. It, it was a great yeah. freaking line, showed us some of what the personality is because we don't know him that well. So yeah. can you give us your scouting report on what he's like? And then there were a few fan questions asking what it's like to transition to a new bench coach because now you've got Brad Osmus when you had Mendoza for such a long time and he was super valuable, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Mendy is, you know, we, we ended up becoming amazing friends and someone that I will totally miss. I talked to him last night. We still talk and um, check in all the time with each other. Um, I'm so excited for him. Certainly that there was a little shock of, and I was preparing myself the month leading up because I felt like he was going to get one of these jobs is like, he does so many things. He, he, he's, he's, he's got so much talent as a coach, you know, as a physical coach, whether it's infield throwing BP, a great mind, you know, he understands analytics, but there's an old school toughness to him. Like he's just, he checks so many boxes. He's such a great person, such a passion for the game. He and I knew each other so well, could kind of complete each other's sentences. Um, so I am certainly going to miss him. We are going to miss him, but we're, we're excited for his opportunity. And I'm also excited, though, for the transition. And one of the things when, when we went into the hiring mode of obviously looking for his replacement is uh, the one thing I didn't want to do is just go and try and find a, a Mendy clone because I know I'd be disappointed in that regard and, and look for a guy that checks all the boxes because Mendy checks so many boxes because he can do so many things as a coach and his, his experience and his knowledge is so excellent. I wanted to just bring in the most impactful person and whoever that was going to end up being, um, I didn't, I didn't want him to necessarily – I'm looking for Mendy, you know, um, and in Brad Osmus, um, somebody that I, you know, we played against each other a ton when he was in Houston and I was in Cincinnati. So we knew each other from across the field a lot, had, have had so many conversations over the years. Um, I have so much respect for him as a player, obviously as a manager in the league for a couple teams, as a bench coach. And, and it's been fun to see him already dive in and really already start to have an impact on our coaching staff in our organization. And I'm excited to, the, for what he's going to bring to the table. Um, and I look forward to just finding our rhythm, uh, you know, first in spring training, but then obviously in the early game, because the one, that's the one thing with Mendy and me is like, man, we could, he knew exactly what I wanted, wanted, um, I can I could not even have to ask a question. He was ready with his answer, his thought, his opinion, and we we really communicated. I think really efficiently. But um, I'm really excited about Brad and what I know he's going to bring to the table too. You talking about Brad got my crazy mind off my question. <laughs> is he going to run? Is he going to run spring training? Because Mendy ran spring training. Like I, I feel like Brad might be a little bit too highfalutin for that. <laughs> so yeah, so that's one of the other thing Mendy did. Mendy handled spring training and all the admin stuff. So we've been doing a lot of so Brad will be very, very much involved um and and kind of uh 
and already has been very much involved in, in inputting into the spring training. Tanner Swanson will handle a lot of the administrative stuff. Um, and, and, and being kind of the, the field coordinator, if you will, for, for our team. Um, but we'll have a lot of people pouring into, uh, and contributing to running spring training now with, with Brad being one of those guys. Oh, spring training is going to be a mess if, if Tanner's running it. And you make sure you make sure he knows that I said that, too. You guys are going to oh, be no. everywhere. He, we're cracking the whip. He's all over it. He's, no. We're, 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 we're going to hit the ground running. He's, not, he's, he's kind of pissy in the morning, so he's not going to. Anyway, my question, my, question, my, my question goes to, you said it a couple times, like he looks great this winter. He looks great this winter. Do you feel like sometimes – in the winter, guys like go into this like body contest and maybe like, you know, I'm speaking specifically about G and the pictures that you see, he's like jacked, he's ripped. Is that what's going to make him healthy? Is, is a less, less body weight going to make him healthy? Is that going to keep him on the field? Because I think he could weigh 180 pounds and he would still hit dingers everywhere, but there's yeah. different opinions out there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things we've identified, and G has as well, is he's got to play lighter. And um, you know, even he's like you said, he's always jacked and he's never out of shape. Um, but I think he's at a point in his career, just from an age and some of the injuries that he's had, that you know he understands that playing a little bit lighter is important. And I think that's been one of his focal points this off season is is to to be able to play lighter. Um, I know, and I know he's in a good spot in that regard. Look, I, I think, you know, obviously we're at the time of the year here and, and in the next four weeks, we're going to get to camp and we're going to get everyone's in the best shape of their life. And, and you get that <laughs> throughout camps across, across major league baseball. Um, I do feel like, you know, for, for us, for a few of, especially guys that are coming off of tough years or tough physical years, I think sometimes it can be added motivation for guys, especially guys that are, you know, north of 30 years old that have, that went through a season where they were banged up or, uh, you know, didn't get the most out of maybe their body. So, so it forces you to ask some tough questions. Um, but I feel really good about, you know, like where Nestor's at physically, where Carlos Rodon's at physically, where I think G is at right now physically. DJ, the challenges he's had the last couple of years with the toe and the foot, he's in a really good spot. And so I'm excited about some of the guys that I feel like it's critical and important that they've had good off seasons from a physical standpoint. Um, I feel like so far that first part um, – those boxes have been checked. So, Bunny, last one here. Um, a lot of fans asking about certain free agents like Blake Snell, and I'll let you answer what uh, we all know in the baseball world. Number one, you can't specifically address all that stuff in general. There's rules in baseball about it. Number two, you are not um, the general manager of the team. But I'll let you answer that. The second part of that, though, is you can talk about teams and what their strategies are and all that in the offseason, just like you gave us your evaluation of the Yanks at the beginning of this conversation. So I wanted to take you to your division. What have you thought about the rest of the division so far this offseason? For example, the Red Sox said they're going full throttle. They have now backtracked on that. They have not been as good. Like the Yanks-Red Sox rivalry is not as sexy right now because they're a last place team. And so I'm wondering, you know, with what you've seen from Boston. Do you think that the Yankees rivalry right now is more with like the Rays and the Jays and some of the juice you guys have had? 
Uh, I, I kind of feel like there's a rivalry with all of them, frankly. Uh, and, and, and the Red Sox one is always, you know, I've been a part of it now for long enough as a player and, and as a manager where, you know, it's always bubbling under the surface, you know, it, and it can explode at any time. So it's, you know, playing in the American League East, it's, you got to pack a lunch. It's, it's tough. It's great baseball. Um, especially now with what the Orioles have turned into now, you know, you, you know, you walk into a series and there's no givens and, uh, um, and, and I expect that to be the same. You know, I, I think, you know, a lot of teams maybe in the East so far have been had, had kind of quiet winners to a degree, but as we've seen a lot, it, you know, it's not about, the perception of we won the off season or, you know, there's a lot of time for things to play out. And, um, you know, I know that regardless of what happens between now and spring, um, the competition with, with our, our division opponents will be, uh, will be challenging as always. Booney, we're going to let you go. But first I got to say, you know <laughs> what I think of you as a person, I really respect you as a person and you coming on here helps fans really connect with, you know, fan base really connect with your team and you as a, as a manager. So I appreciate it. We all appreciate it, but we got to hit one personal note here. Where <laughs> in the Boone Olympics does Nick Allen now slide in that he's, <laughs> that he's in on the yeah. family? I mean, he's joining a <clears throat> intimidating, <throat> intimidating family. Where does he slide in and do you give him a hard time? Do do you and the guys in, in the family give him a hard time? You know what? Um, we love Nick. I mean, he is Stop. he has been yes, he's been welcomed <laughs> with open arms, man. And you know what? You know what you know what's endeared him to my my immediate family here is you know, the last two off seasons uh before they got married, Nick and Savannah have come out and actually spent a few days with us, stayed at our house here in Connecticut, all the way from California in the winter, trying to ingratiate themselves in the family. And I respect and appreciate that. But Nick, Nick's, uh, Nick's off to a great start. Wow, man. He sounds like a, he sounds like a brown noser. He sounds like he's, he's trying to keep his, he's trying to keep a job in the big leagues. What's up with that? Like, Boney, I, I said this, I said, if they give him a chance, give him a couple years straight, he's going to get a gold glove. He's got some of the best hands I've ever seen. He can really pick it. Holy. But we, but my, my shortstop can pick it a little bit, too. Oh, right? hell yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Hold on that Stop it. You can That's always right. use depth. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> nah, he's got to do his few years. Hope he's got the gold glove. He did He did actually get it. Yeah, he actually, actually got it. Got so, but Nick family can pick first, it. Tony, family first. You know that. <laughs> yeah. We had, obviously, for context, we had Nick on. You know, we've had, like, a few hundred player guest spots. But we had Nick on a few weeks ago. So it was it took oh, up a good did. chunk of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Because we haven't heard much from him yet. You know, we, you're in Oakland. You're not going to get the same attention. There's all that crap going on. But he's one of the bright stars there. So it was cool. The one thing I'm going to tell him, though, is, you know, him and Savannah have been posting a lot about the wedding. And, and it's like the wedding's a couple months old now. It's like, you know. <laughs> Now it's like you give me an anniversary post, fine, but let's not relive it. It's it's now it's in the trenches grinding out that marriage. Now let's go. That's Savannah. That's Savannah doing that to him now. That's that's the yeah. one. Put another pick up for me, honey. Come on. Yeah, honeymoon phase is over. Weddings, wedding, honeymoon, it's over. 
Phony. Phony. Not the trenches. That that's trash that you didn't watch the episode with Nick on here. Like, I mean, I know you're a huge FT fan. I know you were on vacation, but you're a huge FT fan, maybe one of our biggest, but you need to I'm, be watching. I will go back and I will go back and watch it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Now that I've heard that, I'm really excited about it. So good. All right. Great to see you. you, Appreciate you. Bye. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron Boone, manager of the New York Yankees with us on FT live. Good one. Good one. Yeah. He's the good stuff. That was great. It gives real answers too, man. Like I know I sound like I'm gushing nerd and all that stuff. You're looking for, you're looking for a coaching job. I got it. He gives, he gives real answers. He gives real answers without – I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he didn't throw anybody under the bus, yes, but, like, he's just he's just who he is. And that's that's who he is behind the scenes, too. Yeah, just this isn't – uh, I mean, the season, hasn't, yeah, the season hasn't started yet. This isn't Ollie Marmol versus Tyler O'Neill in week one of the season. Come on. We got to at least get dudes on the field first. <laughs> And he knows stuff will change, like he said, dude. I, yeah, I'd like to have this guy hit here, hit there. But we'll see how spring training boats out. Might, you know, I hate to say it, an injury or guy doesn't perform as well. And then now you're like, all right, now what do we do? Yeah, he's got a tough job, Todd Father. <laughs> I, mean, I, I thought it, like last year, for example, I know the no injuries chance. add on to it. But, I mean, the, the roster as a whole, the current roster, the active roster, just it wasn't as good as some of the other teams in that division. That's why they you missed the playoffs. couldn't pay me enough to do yeah. that. It's tough. Look yeah. at his look at his winning percentage as a manager too. By the way, like mm. he's you, done it. You know me; I'm a fan. I go more after after cash in the front office just because I give all the respect to the World Series titles and all that from years back. But right now, I think the front office has been the one you know part of the team that's been slacking. Like they've had yeah. some misses on trades and signings. It's that freaking simple. And even the medical staff to an for to an extent, you can't totally predict everything. But they've acquired some pitchers that have had significant injury issues, and they've got to give the thumbs up or thumbs down. And Rodon wasn't healthy last year. Hopefully he is this year. He's had a long history of health problems going back to college. Frankie Montas was not healthy. I mean, you can say what you want, and you evaluated him. That was on, I don't know who exactly makes that call, but tough process. shoulder was not there. You got There's a bunch of guys, too. I mean, Stroman wasn't healthy either at the end. They're saying he's 100%, but still, some of these injuries linger. I'm not saying anything else. I'm just saying. Injuries do linger, and you know that's a tough process. I talked to a trainer. I talked to a trainer, a big league trainer that went through this process during the off season with trades, and he was like, "I was up for twenty four hours straight evaluating these trades. They have to go through all the medicals. They have to go through old medicals of other guys who have been traded from that organization." to see if there's any inconsistency, see if things are being handled the way that you would handle them. Because as much as like a team wants, like, oh man, you know, the Orioles want Dylan Cease. You don't know what the White Sox medical staff has written down, covered up, not diagnosed correctly, all that stuff. So he told me it was like a three or four person trade. And he told me he was up for 24 hours. He was up the whole the whole day going through stuff, waiting for responses, and then the trade kind of went through, but then they had to wait for the medicals, and he had to spend the entire night going through everything. And then they send it back and say, what's this? Okay, then they respond. And it was it was a 24-hour process. He said it was like 8.30 in the morning. He finally went to bed. But it's the real deal. Like They have to do their best 
and sometimes they miss. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.